Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. Good morning, faithful listeners. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. And today we're in Joshua chapter seven. And if you look at Joshua chapter seven, you're going to see that it is a direct continuation from Joshua chapter six. In fact, you could read them back to back and there would be like practically no break between the two chapters. And if you don't remember what happened in chapter six, that's okay, because I'm going to give you a rundown of it right now. Chapter six was where the walls of Jericho fell. But before they fell, Joshua gave this command to the entire nation of Israel where he said, look, when you go into Jericho, nothing is to be taken for yourself. Everything is supposed to be given to God or burned, especially if it was the uh, like the idols and stuff. All that stuff was to be burned. But anything that was not an idol, like anything that was silver or gold, was supposed to be given to the temple to God. You can kind of think of the Battle of Jericho as like the first fruits. If you guys remember, the first fruits was where the Israelites would give the first of their harvest to the temple, to God. And so in a sense, the Battle of Jericho, which was like Israel's first battle in the promised land, was like the first fruits of the battle. You can think about it that way as well. But this was very important that the Israelites did what they were supposed to do here. Because all of these things were supposed to be devoted to God. Nothing was supposed to be taken for any man at all in the Battle of Jericho. So remember that as we move forward into Joshua chapter 7, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 15 today out of the W.E.B. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things. Therefore, Yahweh's anger burned against the children of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside beth on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the land. The men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and said to him, Don't let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and strike Ai. Don't make all the people toil there, for there are only a few of them. So about three thousand men of the people went up there, And they fled before the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck about 36 of them. They chased them from before the gate, even to Shebarim, and struck them at the descent. The hearts of the people melted and became like water. Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before Yahweh's ark until the evening, he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, Lord Yahweh, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to cause us to perish? I wish that we had been content and lived beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say after Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. What will you do for your great name? Yahweh said to Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen on your face like that? Israel has sinned. Yes, they have even transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. Yes, they have even taken some of the devoted things and have also stolen and also deceived. They have even put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel can't stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. 
get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. For Yahweh, the God of Israel says, there is a devoted thing among you, Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes. It shall be that the tribe which Yahweh selects shall come near by families. The family which Yahweh selects shall come near by households. The household which Yahweh selects shall come near man by man. It shall be that he who is taken with the devoted thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed Yahweh's covenant and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Yeah, so Joshua chapter 7 starts with the word but, which means it's a direct continuation from Joshua 6. And the last verse of Joshua 6 says, So Yahweh was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. And then if you continue on to Joshua 7, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the devoted things. Even though Joshua was famous now, he had just taken Jericho and God was with him, Israel made a huge mistake. Now, the first thing I noticed about this actually was the fact that God kept mentioning that all of Israel sinned, but yet it only mentions one man. And so this kind of reminded me of what Paul talks about with the church, where the church is all a part of the body of Christ. We make up each individual part of the body of Christ And so when one part of the body suffers, the entire body suffers. So for example, if you got your pinky finger smashed by a hammer, your entire body would know about it. Your entire body would suffer because your pinky finger is smashed by a hammer. And yeah, I mean, even if you think about it literally, if one person in the church makes a huge mistake, the entire church suffers because of that. Like, for example, the church actually down the street from where I live just recently had a huge controversy where the preacher was arrested. And he was arrested, unfortunately, because he did something with a minor. I don't really know the full story, so I'm not going to get into it. But even if somebody who is not the pastor of the church does something ridiculous, then yeah, I mean, still the church suffers because of the sin of that one person because then people can look at the church and be like wow it's just a church full of hypocrites you know the christianity is nothing but hypocrisy how dare the christians judge me for my lifestyle when they're exactly the same all of the church suffers when somebody is actively sinning so this guy aiken going back to verse one here was really the only person that took of the devoted things. In other words, he stole something out of the city of Jericho for himself. And we're going to talk more about that on Wednesday when we discuss this chapter a little bit more in depth. But Achan decided that he wanted something for himself. He decided that he did not want to listen to God. And he became very greedy and took something for himself. So because of that, all of Israel is now suffering because Achan does something against God, very against God. Here's what God says about it, actually. God says, Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant. 
which I commanded them. They have taken of the devoted things they have also stolen and deceived. They have put it among their own stuff. That's what God says about this. So this was a big, big crime. Because first and foremost, think about Israel at this time period. Israel had just seen God part the Jordan River. Okay. It's possible that some of them even saw God part the Red Sea 40 years prior to that. They also saw God completely 100% miraculously destroy the, the walls of Jericho. And yet Achan decides it's a good idea to take something when Joshua specifically said, take nothing from Jericho for yourselves. Give it all to God. Because all of it belonged to God, Achan stole from God and he deceived people. He lied about it. And honestly, this probably went on for quite some time because you can see that a, a whole battle takes place from the time of Jericho until this, uh, this point in time. This battle of Ai ends up happening right in the middle of all this. And this was the first time Joshua and the elders of Israel and basically anybody else realized that God was no longer on Israel's side. Now, this is kind of interesting to me that this is the first time this is noticed because God did not talk to Joshua about Ai. Joshua made all the decisions by himself at this point without talking to God about it first. Joshua, I'm going to be honest here. I think he got a little bit arrogant. <laughs> and I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. He thinks that God is on his side. He thinks that God is for Israel, which God was and God is for Israel. But because Israel sinned in such a dramatic way, because this Achan guy decided he wanted to steal from God, God was no longer actively helping Israel. And Joshua didn't realize this. He hadn't prayed. So the analogy I can make here is, you know, when things go really well for us and we sin, how long does it take us to notice that we are against God? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like when things are going really, really well with me, for example, I have a tendency to get kind of like content and I forget to read my Bible and then you know, I do something else and then all of a sudden I have all these sins that I've been committing that I haven't even talked to God about any of them. And I'm like living contrary to what God wants. And I don't even realize it until I need God again. And then I confess my sins. and I'm like, God, I'm so sorry that I did that. And then I do it again. <laughs> it's human nature to sin, unfortunately. That is part of the sin nature. But as Christians, we have been given the Holy Spirit to help us fight off that sinful nature. And we're not always going to be perfect. We're not always going to utilize the Holy Spirit. But eventually the Holy Spirit will tell us. The Holy Spirit will show us some way that we are sinning. But Joshua didn't realize it here. He didn't notice that God was not on Israel's side anymore because of this sin that had happened, possibly weeks beforehand that just was allowed to continue to go on. So it says here that Joshua took some men and spied out Ai. 
And they returned to Joshua and they said to him, don't let all the people go up. Let about two or three thousand men go up and strike Ai because it's a small city. And so Joshua listens and he sends three thousand men to go strike Ai without consulting God. And honestly, a little bit arrogantly, because we're going to find out later on that Ai was a little bit bigger than uh, <laughs> than three thousand people for sure. That's what Joshua does. He sends these 3,000 men to go out and fight against AI to totally destroy them. And they get crushed is what happens. AI strikes back forcefully and ends up killing 36 men. And they chased them is what it says. So Israel got chased embarrassingly all the way down to the descent is what it says. I don't know what that means exactly, but it seems like a fair distance away, Israel got totally defeated and embarrassed. And it says the hearts of the people melted and became like water, including Joshua. Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before Yahweh's ark until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. So this was a show of complete and utter mourning. Joshua was so distraught, so absolutely crushed that God did not help the Israelites defeat the city of Ai. And we're going to learn in the next chapter that the way God really wanted Joshua to defeat Ai is completely different than what Joshua decided was was good here. And this just kind of goes to show you that, you know, you might think that something you want to do is a good idea, but if God is not on your side, it's not going to be Successful kind of reminds me of, of the verse from Proverbs where it says, unless God builds the house, the man who tries to build it labors in vain. So ultimately, God is the one who gives us success in everything. This is why prayer is so insanely important. Joshua did not pray here before sending these men out. Joshua did not realize that God was angry with Israel. And because of this, this defeat ends up happening. So Joshua now finally prays, kind of like what I was talking about before, where it takes something to happen before I realize that I'm not living the way God wants me to live. And so Joshua, he, he did the same, he did the same thing. And I can't really fault him, honestly. I really can't. So Joshua prays to God and he says this, this very mournful prayer. Alas, Lord Yahweh, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to cause us to perish? I wish that we had been content and lived beyond the Jordan. So this is another way I think Joshua was wrong, actually. He kind of did a little bit, not exactly to the same extent, but he did the whole thing where, you know, when Israel got really scared in the desert, like uh, years before this, they were like, we want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back to Egypt because God brought us out into the wilderness to, you know, kill us here. Joshua sort of does the same thing, though he doesn't say Egypt. He says he wishes that all of Israel would have remained beyond the Jordan, basically. Why have you caused us to perish? I wish that we had been content to live beyond the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say after Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? So this crushing defeat for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear about it. And they'll surround us. And then they will wipe us away from the face of the earth. What will you do for your great name? So there we go. I mean, even though Joshua 
he got some things wrong here. He still had a heart for God. Because at the very end of this prayer, what will you do for your great name? And Joshua knows here that ultimately everything is to bring God glory. And so he brings glory to God at the very end here and says, Lord, what will you do for your great name? And Yahweh, (laughs) he kind of reprimands Joshua here. Get up. Why have you fallen on your face like that? Israel has sinned. (laughs) So he's kind of like, Joshua, look, Israel sinned. I turned my back because Israel sinned. And he says, they have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. They've taken the devoted things. They've done everything I told them not to do. And so then he says they turned their backs on their enemies. So because Achan did this thing, he caused Israel a whole lot of trouble. Now, remember that as we talk about Wednesday's episode, because we're going to go a lot more into Achan himself and the punishment that happens to Achan for all of this. But God was angry at Israel for what Achan had done because Achan had broken the covenant with God. God was Achan's God. And Achan decided that he would rather be his own God than listen to God. Achan decided that he would break the promise he made to God. Even after God miraculously showed Achan all this wonderful stuff. And still Achan decided to break that covenant promise with God. And not only break it, he stole things from God and he lied about it. He deceived all of Israel is what it says. And he hid it among his own household. So you guys might ask me, well, what about the 36 men that died? Isn't it kind of kind of unfair that those 36 men in battle ended up dying because of Achan's sin? Well, to that I say, only God knows the heart. Only God knows the heart of those 36 men that went off to battle. And so I can't really talk on that. I don't really know what the heart of those 36 men were. But I do know one thing. The death of those 36 men was not in vain because their death helped Israel get back on track with God because of what happens next. But to conclude here, I want to talk about verse 13. God says to Joshua, get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Yahweh will basically call out the man that has done this terrible thing. I'm going to go more into this verse on Wednesday also, because this verse is very, very important when we talk about the punishment of Achan, because this verse shows that God gave Achan 12 hours to confess his sin before God was going to reveal him to all of Israel. But we're going to see what Achan ends up doing. And we're going to talk about that on Wednesday. So please join in then, especially if you've been enjoying the podcast. I love to hear from all of you guys. So contact me. You're going to find my contact information in the description of the podcast episode. Now, I want to give a huge shout out to Texas because Texas is killing it. Texas has the most listens of any state in the United States by a wide margin. So thank you so much, Texas, for tuning in. And if you're from Texas, contact me and tell me what you like the best about your state of Texas. Friends and faithful listeners, I hope to see you tomorrow for an episode out of John. We are going to be discussing Jesus going to the cross. So please join in then. I hope to see you 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up and listen. Faithful listeners, happy listening and God bless.